Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars, creators, and industry leaders keeping theater alive during the pandemic. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to Nataki Garrett, who took over as the artistic director of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in 2019, only to see her inaugural season there disrupted by both the pandemic and the wildfires that ravaged the southern Oregon area. She, along with a number of other theater leaders and theater artists, has also become a vocal advocate for a new federal theater project that can help sustain the arts and arts workers through this difficult time. Now, as we approach the one-year mark of the theater industry's shutdown, Garrett is in the virtual studio with me to give us her argument in favor of a new deal for theater, as we all look forward to getting artists back in theaters and audiences back in seats. Hey, Nataki. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Gordon. Thanks for having me. Before we get into some of the details of your advocacy work for federal support of theater workers, I wonder if first we could talk a little bit about the organization you run, because for people who maybe don't know a whole lot about it. It's pretty unique in terms of what theater companies are uh, around the country. It's it's pretty much its own unique thing. Tell us about it. Yeah. So um, Oregon Shakespeare Festival is an 85-year-old uh, festival that uh, historically has focused on on the works of, of William Shakespeare um, in rotating repertory for about, you know, eight months out of the year. Um, and so we have a cal- calendar year season. We usually open in March and we close in, in, in October. And when you come, you can see something like, you know, eight shows over the course of a weekend. If you Or over the course of a week, you might be able to see 10 shows. At least that's what it was like before the pandemic. Right. Um, and how many and stages are there? There are at least there are. There Sorry, are go four ahead. stages. Four, yeah. um, there, there are um, three paid stages and then one free stage called the Green Sto- Show Stage. Right. Um, the most, of course, famous stage is the uh, Shakespeare's, um, the Elizabethan, um, which is the the only one of its kind in in the United States. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Sorry, go ahead. You were uh, and you were saying um, that people can see their, and so the <clears throat> the season runs from you said eight months, right? Yeah, eight months Um, out of the year, usually March to October. And um, so on top of the Shakespeare, though, we also uh, produce musicals. We um, we have for the last eight years done um, uh, through commissioning a a whole lot of of new plays. So Paula Vogel's Indecent, um, uh, Lynn Nottage's uh, Sweat. Um, uh, uh, We did All the Way, which became a movie. Um, so, so we actually do have a, a you know a, a wide offering of of different kinds of plays here at OSF. Yeah, and what was going on back in March of 2020 uh, when the pandemic hit, and what were the activities that all had to go on pause at that point? So, uh, <laughs> so our season starts like I said uh, in March. Uh, last year it started on March 6th. Everything was closed oh. by, of course. Uh, by that following Wednesday. So we opened five shows over the course of a week, and it was actually my very first time experiencing this at OSF. But there's a big kind of opening festival where you have dinners and people come and 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 it's people want to be here for the opening weekend. And we do these, you know, uh, champagne toast celebrations at the end of each show. Um, and so we had five shows open at the same time. Mm. Uh, and then they all sort of shut down over the course of the next week when we realized that um, that we were not going to be 
um, able to remain open. Um, uh, there was a call from the governor that said that we had to shut down um, because of the, you know, the amount of people that moved through our spaces. So five shows. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's a company of actors that work for that entire eight month uh run in many cases, right? Because they appear in multiple shows and, you know, uh, crew members and stuff work on uh, multiple shows. It seems to me that working at OSF is a really interesting version of working at theater because it makes it clear that it can be kind of a long-term stable career for artists, not just in New York or Chicago or wherever, but anywhere, anywhere that some, you know, a place like uh, Ashland where uh, you can work at organizations like yours and make a make a real career out of that. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. You know, um, it kind of runs like Broadway. You have 10 months of, of work um, and then you're off for, for two. Um, and we do have a, a number of returning actors that are, you know, a part of our acting company every single year. We do also audition every single year and bring in new actors into that into that acting company. Um, and but it is it is a really a really good gig, a really steady gig. And historically, the actors, um, you know, have, actors have moved here, um, you know, made their families here, put their kids through college through through OSF. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty stable gig. Yeah, and you took over the theater in 2019, and then of course 2020 happened. And where you are, life was not only upended by the pandemic, and then the movement for social justice, but then there were also these wildfires that were kind of ravaging your area. So, uh, tell us about some of the ways that you found to sustain not just the organization, but also the community that the organization's in. So a couple of things on that, you know, the, the fires were devastating. 2,400 dwellings were burned to the ground. Um, some will never be able to be rebuilt because they, they discovered the land that it was on was, you, you actually can't rebuild there. Um, uh, the, the other thing is I think really important is that, um, you know, Ashland is really expensive. It's a resort town or, or a, a destination town. Um, and so uh, the, the neighborhoods that are actually affordable that are nearby were the ones that were ravaged in this fire. And, and, and a few of our company members lost their houses, um, their homes as well. Um, we mobilized very quickly around that fire. You know, that Labor Day weekend would have been our fall opening if we were uh, allowed to open and we weren't. So we were lucky actually. And um, the next day that fire started, which was I think about a week to the day um, that my uh, new executive director and his family had just moved to oh, wow. Ashland. Um, so, you know, of course they were, um, you know, really afraid because at some point the fire was a mile from our homes. Um, uh, but, you know, when we, when, when the fire shifted and it started moving uh, north of us, um, our teams um, at OSF quickly mobilized to figure out how they could support um, you know, the city by providing shelter. We had, um, you know, we had a food drive that happened right away. People automatically responded in this town by bringing food to OSF. And, um, you know, by, um, by the afternoon, we had, you know, um, tables full of resources for people if they had, if they couldn't get back to their houses because of the fires. Um, so, so and, and that actually went on for about six weeks after, you know, we, we were able to really um, see what the real devastation of of this area was, um, and then we still we still have people in our um, company housing um, that are that are fire victims. Um, the the beauty of it was 
I uh, had just moved here. I feel like I keep I keep feeling like I just moved here, um, <laughs> but I really hadn't. Yeah, I moved to OSF. I didn't really move to Ashland um, because that's the immensity of the job is that you don't actually get to visit in the town that you're in. Um, but I, I learned how uh, uh, integral we are to each other and how supportive this ecology is. You know, people showed up from Northern California all the way up to you know the mountains to the north of us and and they came down with truckloads of things to uh to make sure that people in this area had the resources that they need um uh and so that was actually really heartening for me especially you know we were at that point of the pandemic this was in the middle of the the social uprising that was happening in other cities and um you know and and i'm you know walking into a target and and there are people without masks and so i was starting to feel a little um uh, worried about this community. And then that fire, you know, unfortunately that fire hit, but what it taught me is, you know, the beauty of, of this community and how, um, uh, inter how, how, how willing they were to support one another. Mm, yeah. And right now, what's your understanding of the kind of federal support that your theater will receive? How do you anticipate the the work that the government is doing right now, uh, like on the level that it's working right now to support what you were doing? And in what ways does it fall short of the some of the things you need as a, as a theater? So I have to say that the formerly known as the uh, Save Our Stages, the SVOG, yeah. uh, uh, which, which tranched about $15 billion to, towards uh, arts organizations and other organizations is unprecedented. It's the largest, um, a uh, granting cycle of that kind that to come from the federal government to directly to the arts. Um, and so I just want to name that because it's important. Um, you know, we fought for for uh, access to any kind of resources because we we knew um, as a coalition of nonprofit theaters, a kind of loose coalition, um, that uh, the only way for us to come back would 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 be through that kind of funding. I think um, I think because it's unprecedented and because we, um, we are in a time that it's only the only time that's reflective in 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 my um, uh, understanding of history is the Great Depression, and so there has to be a federal response to bring back. You know, uh, the arts is it's four point six percent GDP. You know that it, it, we're talking about you know um, millions of jobs, millions of lives, millions of careers, millions of of dollars in resources. Um, we're talking about all of the other lobbies that rely so heavily on the arts, like the restaurants that are located adjacent to museums and and um, and theaters. Um, uh, we're talking about that sort of again um, how interdependent the whole ecology is. It's it's it was important for us, uh, important enough in the state of Oregon that um, you know the groundwork for this for for OSF was. Uh, working with a group of multi-million dollar funded organizations who were all endowed um, uh, to uh, to try to fight for access to CARES Act funding in the state of Oregon because there's no artistic tranche of money. And usually what happens in the state is 
you know, if, if they if they're actually able to pull together some money for the arts, it's quickly co-opted by some of the other needs in the in the state. Um, and so we fought for, you know, uh, we got eight point eight million dollars, which is also right. unprecedented. Um, OSF itself received four point seven uh, million of of that. Right. Um, this it's important to note that um, OSF. Uh, contributes about $120 million a, a year in revenue to this, this area. When we laid off um, uh, 500 people uh, in April of 2020, if you can imagine the ripple effects of laying off 500 people in a, in a, in a rural area like the Rogue Valley, that mm. 5,000 people's lives are affected initially, and then 20,000 people's lives are affected over time because you know, of all of the systems that are in place to support an organization of our size. Mm. Um, and so bringing us back, it was really important uh, to the governor of, of Oregon, Kate Brown. Um, and, and so I, I use that same template to pull together that coalition of professional nonprofit theaters. Um, I, there was an article uh, in the New York Times a while back and um, it was talking about how, you know, Great Britain was able to, the, the, the prime minister was, was, was allocating a certain amount of money towards, um, towards the arts organizations. And uh, in the article, it was like, if Oscar Eustace, um, Maria Goyanis, um, uh, Joe Hodge, Lynn Mel Manuel Miranda, Audra McDonald all went up to Capitol Hill. They would be able to um, pull together um, legislation to be able to have access to resources. And so I called Maria Goyanas the next day and said, mm -hmm. when do you want to get started? Let's go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should say for people who don't know, Maria is the artistic director of Woolly Mammoth in, uh, mm -hmm. in DC and was at the public before that. And, um, yeah. And so yes. what kind of cues do you take from, you mentioned, you know, the, the depression and the federal theater project, what sort of cues do you take from that in terms of what you envision uh, that kind of support could look like and these new programs might look like? Well, I think it's going to be uh, pretty much the same. You know, the legislation did not uh, in, in the New Deal and um, the federal theater project in particular uh, was, was to actually fund hiring people to create spaces for artistic endeavor. Um, and so um, part of that money was, you know, was to was literally to make sure that the buildings were built. And then some of that money was to was to hire the artists in, to, to go inside of the buildings and the administrators to make those work. And it was the sort of next leg of um, of the regional theater movement. Um, and then, of course, that was then uh, then re uh, re-inspired um, much later in the 60s uh, when the Ford Foundation decided to promote this idea of regional theaters. So I actually think something similar. I, I do know that you know, theaters uh, historically are not green spaces. You know, it takes a lot of materials. OSF is not a green space, not not mm. per se. We do have solar panels on our roof, but but we're not green. Um, it, you have to get into a car or a plane to get here. Mm. You know, so we're not green in that way. Um, and then and then we use a lot of 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 material resources to create the work that we do. So I'm hoping to be able to have, have access um, to be able to build a greener building, you know, where we, we do know that at some point OSF is going to have to have, because the Elizabethan theater is outdoors. Um, it's a 1200 seat um, uh, Elizabethan style, Tudor style, really, um, theater. Um, and 
and with the smoke the prevailing year over year, getting bigger, smoke season, we have a season now that we call smoke season. Um, uh, we are going to have to um, build a similar kind of building, but 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 uh, but with but with a roof over it that maybe retracts or something. And hopefully we'll be able to do that with some of the infrastructure money. Um, that's what we're we're fighting for that. Right. I'll have more with Nataki right after the break. And now, here's more with the artistic director of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, Nataki Garrett. And how responsive so far has Washington been in your experience? What what Extremely. has been some of the activity? Oh, yeah. Tell us more. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But yeah, yeah. it's been extremely. Um, so the the march towards getting access to the um, the SOS was 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 relevatory for a lot of our theaters uh, because OSF is a place where every single, it, it's bipartisan, every single uh, uh, person in the federal legislature and also in the state legislature at some point has come through here um, in high school or, you know, or, or their family brought them down here over and over. They have a connection to this place. They, they have, a, have fond memories of, of OSF. So um, we were actually able to be in touch with our um our local and state uh, legislators and and our um, uh, federal legislators and and really and really hear from them how important this is you know in the middle of the the fight towards the SVOG and finalizing that uh, that that package that care package um, uh, you know we we were hearing directly from um, from from all all of the Congress offices um, about how they were fighting for it and what they were doing, and then of course when we when we um, when we got the resource or when when it was secured through SVOG, um, mm. we thanked everybody for all of the support. So I actually think that for for our theater, we're 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 a little bit different than some of the other theaters across the United States because we're integral to the economy. Um, in this valley, and so it, it's, and and also we're sort of embedded in people's memories. We're an 85-year-old institution, so um, you know some of those people remember coming when they were six, um, and so it was really important for them to secure um, resources for that that memory. As the fight continues to make sure that we have access to those resources, and of course we're in that phase where everybody's trying to figure out how they're going to have access to this this large tranche of, of resource um uh, it's incumbent upon on theaters across the united states to make sure that you're in touch with your um with your uh your folks in the legislature to, to make sure that they understand um uh that that you can't actually continue to pursue possibilities in the future without access to some of this resource so um it, it taught us as an ecology that we that we could all work together and make something happen. Um, the last thing I'll say about it is um, I was in a conversation the other day and a really prominent artist, um, uh, Jeremy O'Harris, was saying he's a he's a, um, a, a, a playwright, but also he's writing for, you know, television and, you know, and the like. And um, he was it, it was really important for him to to acknowledge how how necessary it is that we pay attention to um, what we're going to lose if we do not uh, bring back the artist 
um, the artists are actually the next the next focus of of any work that we're doing, um, and and that's part of why I wanted to make sure we secured some resource because you know if I if we're not open we can't pay anybody. Um, but one of the things that he was saying that I thought was really important, and, and I'm I'm bringing it into the way I'm I'm rebuilding OSF, is um, uh, that we have a generation that's you know sort of in between that you know would have graduated from grad school or from whatever kind of training program that they were in, and now they're sort of in the wind, and we stand to lose those you know artistic minds. Um, who will who will uh, be our future? And so we do have to figure out a way to uh, sustain the artists at, at least through these the closure until we can get back to the business of making art. What can people who are fans of theater and you know are eager to get back into seats to uh, see some theater? What can they do to help support the the movement? I think the most important thing is when a theater endeavors to even present the possibility of a season, applaud that, um, that, that um, you're, it's, everybody is, um, is uh, we, what, did, what did I say the other day? I, we we're pragmatic uh, and optimistic at the same time. You know, uh, we, we, just, we just announced a season, you know, and that's an endeavor that's unto itself immense because who knows if we're gonna be able to open, you know? Right. Who, who really knows? Um, uh, and, and then if, you know, our theater decided to do a, uh, uh, the first time, for the very first time, we're doing a digital and a live season um, because there are things that we know we can do in the digital sphere, at least while our uh, venues are still closed, that we, that we don't know if we're gonna, you know, if we're gonna have access to in the live sphere. Um, and so we're moving towards the possibility of, of, of balancing both for the for the short term and also for the long term. So if you want to support the theater, um, if your theater um, has the resources, excuse me, and the bandwidth to be able to put out the possibility of the season, um, uh, proliferate that they're doing that, support them. And if they're in the process of trying to figure out what that might be, know that um, you have people in, in rooms all over a city because they can't gather together in spaces to create those seasons. You have people in rooms all over a city trying to figure out what is the best formula to come back, to bring this this art to you. Um, and if you are inclined to support them in that process, then you know take out your checkbook and write them a check. Um, if you are inclined to support the artists that are that are near you that you know are struggling to create um, work and they don't have access to resource, then 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 do whatever you can to make sure that they do have access to resource. And 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 if you if you feel inclined, call your your um, your folks in on Capitol Hill and tell them how important the arts are. You know, if you're watching television tonight or a movie or you know watching Hamilton on 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 Disney Plus, you know you're that's the arts, you know, and so you, you, so, so put your um, action where your, your heart is. Right. Yeah. And you led me into what was going to be my next question, which was to uh, ask you to tell us a little bit about the season that you announced just recently that, as you mentioned, is kind of this balance between the kind of practical considerations of, you know, social distance theater and the hope that at some point later this calendar year, we can all find some way to be at a live event safely. So um, uh, I'm just going to 
pull out my mm. little notes, my little notes here so that I have it. Um, right. So we have uh, three live offerings. One is um, August Wilson's How I Learned What I Learned. Mm -hmm. um, and that's going to be directed by Tim Bond. Now, this is a one-person show that was written by August right. Wilson shortly before um, he passed on. Um, and uh, we are lucky to have it because he he only had a couple, a, a chosen select group of people who he gave permission um, to do this work. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, we have the Bay Area's Stephen Anthony Jones performing that amazing piece. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then uh, we have a play called Unseen by Mona Mansour, which is uh, going to be directed by our own um, Evren Achikin, who is our associate artistic director. Um, I Basically, I asked Evren what play he wanted to do um, it, when we came back, as opposed to the associate artistic director is always sort of given the play, you know, do right. this play in a season. Um, and I just asked him, like, where is his heart? And he said he wanted to do this particular play that he had um, been a part of the development of with Mona. And, uh, you know, he's a long um, uh, collaborative relationship with Mona Mansour. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful piece about, you know, um, uh, post-traumatic uh, experiences that are similar to wartime or insurrection. Um, and, and how you come back from those. And, um, uh, and then uh, I'm directing uh, Dominique Morceau's uh, Confederates. Um, it's a, an American Revolutions play. It's part of that commissioning um, series and it's a world premiere. And it's, it's actually this beautiful piece that's, that looks at black women in 1865 and in, in present day and sort of reflects on both. Um, and uh, and then the last play of our live season is called It's Christmas Carol. Um, <laughs> and that's by some of our um, our longtime favorite actors and writers, Mark Bedard, Britt Hinckley, and John Tubbs. It's a comedy or a parody or an inversion of of the of that age old classic. And it'll have every holiday uh, at the end of the year from Diwali all the way through Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and probably a few in between. Um, and then digitally, um, yeah. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. No, I was just going to ask what the timeline for those live performances are. We don't are. know. You, you don't know we, yet. Great. That's what yeah, I thought. Think, I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. We're they will be indoors, theoretically, when that is safe to happen. Yes, exactly. That is exactly right. Um, and we're we're releasing without dates because we think it's we think we're going to be go uh, ready to go in the fall. Uh, we're going to prepare as if we're going to go in the fall. We just don't right. know, you know. Right. Um, and it might mean that we only open one or two or three of them uh, as opposed to all four. Um, and then our digital season, though, um, is is going to start sometime, um, I think, next month. I don't remember now. Uh, but we're uh, <laughs> we're going to be showing uh, some of our, our uh, Oregon Shakespeare Festival favorites, our audience favorites. Um, Manahatta by Mary Catherine Nagel. Uh, Julius Caesar, which was, uh, it's Shakespeare's play, but it's directed by Shanna Cooper. And then Snow in Midsummer by Francis Yachu Cowhig. Um, and these are these are uh, the first offerings of a series of offerings that'll be our shows on O. Right. Um, and then we have a couple of like, you know, fun pieces that we're, uh, we're trying to figure out, you know, all the things that O is capable of doing. And so we've created- is, O is, sorry, we should clarify, O is mm -hmm, the yes. uh, digital platform that uh, you guys have created. Yes. For this, yeah, uh, that we that we created uh, that actually we started last year, but we were going to mm. launch it this year. 
Mm. Um, and and the pandemic sort of upended it, and it it, it right. became important to you know to to op to start with that to bridge um, our audiences to keep them connected to what we were doing. Um, so we have a project called the Cymbeline Project, which I conceived, but is uh, created by uh, and directed by Scarlett Kim. It's a serialized, um, episodic, um, cliffhangered uh cymbeline um that'll that'll it'll have any yeah it's yeah uh, well and how else do you do cymbeline right yeah exactly. uh, it'll be, be uh, anywhere between five to eight episodes and that'll be filmed uh mm. in in um, ashland and los angeles and a couple of other cities and then uh, i don't know if you know this but we produced a film last year um i uh, know i know a little bit about that but tell us tell us more yeah so um Sharifa Ali came to direct the play Copper Children by uh, Karen Zacharias mm -hmm. and uh, ended up creating a film called Ashland because of course everything shut down and Copper Children shut down. Uh, and I gave her a residency. Um, Ashland is a little play that's about, you know, regenerating yourself and, and refinding yourself. I'm sorry, a little film about regenerating yeah. and refinding yourself. And it was presented by OSF, produced by Alalia Productions. It will have Oscar consideration because it was um, brought into the Pan-African Film Festival, which I think is going on this month. And it also made the city Ashland one of the best places to live and make a film, according to Movie Maker Magazine. Sharifa Ali is returning to Ashland to create another film with us called You Go Girl. And um, I can't wait to see what, what she does with that one. Um, yeah. How do you think about you're exploring all these things that, uh, you know, you maybe wouldn't have otherwise. I'm guessing you probably would not have produced a film um, that if had the pandemic not hit and had, you know, the situation been what it was. How do you imagine all these new ways of working that you're exploring kind of continuing even once the live theater element gets back up and running? Yeah. So, you know, O was never was actually, you know, I conceived O uh, um, prior to COVID. Yeah. Um, while I was applying for the AD position, because I knew that OSF, because of its reach and number of, I think we we had the in 2018 we had 70,000 attendees in a year, yeah. and so with that kind of reach, I was like, well, OSF is probably one of the only theaters um, that 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 really could have a global reach, um, and so when the pandemic is over and when we're able to go back into our um, our uh, our theaters, O is another stage. It's another place. Um, and it's 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 because you know we have nearly ten thousand views. We have reached nearly sixty countries. Um, you know we're we're on par with RSC in terms of our ability to make a global impact. And because of the paradigm shift of twenty twenty, we ended up launching it before we we had planned to. But we're going to use it as a platform to engage with the artists. You know, I asked Sharifa. You know, with this residency, what do you want to do? And Sharif is a response. Sharif is a film, um, oh, sorry, a stage director, but also does works in VR and AR and other mediums. And I was like, so what do you want to do with this time that you're here? And Sharifa's response was the film Ashland. And I, I think the future of, of OSF, but I also think the future of theater has to place the artist at the center in that way. And I want to be able to respond in film in in serials in in on on stage and plays you know in in whatever in all the multiplicity of ways in which the artist's heart can respond to the mm -hmm. question what do you want to do which is a very difficult question to answer yeah one of the things i feel like this time has also 
uh, kind of made more prominent or at least kind of highlighted is the ways in which organizations like yours around the country have sort of banded together to either produce work or to advocate or, um, you know, engage in a number of activities to sort of support each other. And like, you know, with this network that you, uh, that you guys have helped to create, do you imagine that kind of collaborative um, sort of spirit continuing uh, even beyond, you know, this time when things are so hard? I do. And actually, I, I'll, um, I'll put it this way. Uh, right, right as I received, I, I received this position, um, several other artistic leaders emerged um, in their new positions. And I think the, there's a generational difference in, in terms of the way that we think about how you come together, what collaboration is and why it's necessary. Mm. Um, uh, collective action is, um, is at the center of the work that we do. And yet, you know, my predecessors actually worked at, at sort of creating little fiefdoms. And so the, the beautiful thing about, about my colleagues that are, um, you know, now in, in, in these, these positions of leadership is that we all came trained in the same way that collective action is actually at the center of what we do. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I worked with Maria Goyanis, uh, Joe Hodge, um, Diane Paulus, um, and, and um, uh, the artistic director at the theater Playco. I worked with all of those theaters and we produced um, a Zoom play called This Is Who I Am, um, which was originally produced by, it was going to only be produced by uh, Willie Mammoth and Playco, and they decided to bring the rest of us on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that kind of response is 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 what's needed in order to make sure that the field the field emerges. Part of the reason why I, I fought for that federal funding is OSF is is heavily resourced. Um, it's uh, it was either going to survive the pandemic or it wasn't. Do you know what I mean? It's you know we have a, a, a sizable endowment. If, if we couldn't make it through, it was because we weren't needed, right? But if we made it through when we were needed, my response is. That, that necessity that we provide to, um, to the field is to make sure that the rest of the field actually also survives, mm-hmm. that we survive in an ecology and that we a- actually have to move together in order for us to grow together. Um, and that's really, I think, the future of, of this art. And, 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 and I have some colleagues who don't agree and who, who, you know, who are very kind of still cloistered and they want to work on what they want to work on by themselves. I, I just don't happen to be that person. I'm, I'm, I really do respond better in collaborative spaces. And, um, and I actually think that our theaters grow uh, better in collaborative spaces. So I was just on a phone call, a national phone call with mm. a few of my colleagues and, uh, we were talking about their question was like, how, how did you release and what did you do and what are you doing? And I gave them all the information I could. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we we decided that we we're going to work together to make sure that our, our shared donors and our shared board members, um, uh, you know, that, that they know how how hard it is and how we're working all together in order to to bring our theaters forward. Um, because it's in, it's important that that our donors and our board members understand um, and 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 our patrons understand um, that that we're sort of like um, um, uh, Adrian Marie Brown um, uh, in Emergent Strategy talks about the sort of mushrooms, you know, and how they sort of are all connected underneath. You know, we're a network in that same way, and we act, we're all actually connected underneath. Yeah, 
I think that's a great place uh, to wrap this up. Thank you so much for uh, chatting with me. And uh, we look forward to seeing what comes next uh, from you at OSF and from all your collaborators around the country. And it is, we should say that the, um, that O is now accessible to people, you know, like me who are based in Brooklyn and can't make it to uh, Ashland every year. So uh, that is a way to see some of your work um, that maybe we didn't have before. Yes, come on, come all, come on over to, to OSF. I'm putting a door in your living room right now that you just have to open and come through. <laughs> right. I look forward to it. Thanks so much, Nataki. Thank you very much, Gordon. Thanks for having me. That was Nataki Garrett, the artistic director of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. The theater's first streaming production of 2021, Julius Caesar, is now streaming through March 27th. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of Stagecraft, I'd really appreciate it if you took the time to rate and review us. It really helps us grow our audience of folks who love theater as much as you and I do. Or tell a friend about Stagecraft. You can find past episodes or subscribe on Apple Podcasts and on all the other pod places, including Spotify and on the Broadway Podcast Network, which is another great place to find more theater for your ears. I'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. Until then, find me on Twitter at GCoxVariety. Thanks for listening, and see you soon. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.